Greetings once again and welcome back to Alphabet Theater Podcast. Please make sure your tray tables are up and your seatbelts are in locked position because here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We're on an airplane. We are on a ride and that is for darn sure, good (laughs) sir. Anyway, (laughs) this week we reviewed the 2004 Jim Carrey movie, Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind, and I really almost just forgot the name of the movie right there. <laughs> also known as Total Recall 2 The Inceptioning. Wow. That's yeah, I'm just putting not, it out there. Not, not a bad description of the film, to be honest. I would call it uh, The Truman Show and Requiem for a Dream's Horrible Child that you want to forget about. <laughs> See, mine has a happy ending there. Uh, well, <laughs> did you watch the movie? I said my title has a happy <laughs> end. <laughs> so um, right off the bat, this uh, I guess I'll go into it. Um, the movie is about Jim Carrey as a man who... See, it's difficult to start it off because it they don't the tell end, you. Well, okay, they how sort about, of do. How about we try and go in chronological yeah i think okay. we, we should probably approach it from how the movie presents it which is the joel is is shown to us as like this depressed guy on a train and our, our, the, one, my first note is weird train music is, is he depressed actually i wrote I, that down it's very cartoony music yeah it's it's very strange music i don't know what the direction was for that and i only wrote depressed because uh he goes through he calls so he calls off work suddenly and like for takes no it reason. takes an immediate mm-hmm. trip to some place mm-hmm. he's never been and yeah. is walking along the beach talking about his failed love life. He actually monologues about how mm-hmm. all of this is out of the ordinary for him. Yeah. Uh, and that seems that to me as somebody who's not in a good a good place. Yeah. So that's it, true. I like I think he's he's at least presented to us as somebody who's having some trouble. Yeah, sure. And he goes as far as to say that he has a lot of trouble with women and he can't even hold a conversation. Well, with. actually that's We jumped into this a, a, great bit, point. a bit far. I mean, who are we? Uh, we are a man. <laughs> no, who are we? We skipped our introductions. Oh, <coughs> shit, yeah, we did. <laughs> Sorry, That's we just jumped do we, right in. Do we just keep going? We just jumped right we in. We all forgot who we were. I don't know who I am. <laughs> uh, we we're having an existential crisis right now. We won't get right back. Did anybody notice the van outside their house last night? Or uh, I did. Actually, <laughs> and there was, was a van outside. And there was, like, house. Sharpie on my forehead when I woke up. I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah, is that why it took you longer to get here? Yeah. You watching all this <laughs> Sharpie on your forehead? did this go? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, it's coming back to me now. I think I think I know who I am. Ryan Ryder. Hello. Uh, oh, Will I'm there sorry. be editing afterwards? <laughs> if <laughs> I'm John Gaffer. Just I say really, your name. I'm Billy Best Boy. Thank you. And I'm Davey Gravy. The world's worst host, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> or best host. Yeah, I mean, that was a great bit. Remember when we all forgot our names? Just great. like we're going to hopefully forget about the movie we watched? Unfortunately, it's a little Hey-o! Ah, uh, no. Sorry. I thought that was a great time for the hey <laughs> <laughs> Themes and whatnot. So anyway, we meet this character. Joel. Joel. Barish. Who immediately states, why is it that he falls in love with every girl who smiles at him, then proceeds to get on a bus and not fall in love, or try his hardest to not fall in love with the girl who's flirting her ass off with him. I think that's 
specifically to counter that point he's making to himself. It's like, why do I fall in love with everyone? Oh, this person is basically throwing themselves at me, and I'm, like, quick to fall in love. I'm trying to fix this about me, because I guess he sees it as a flaw. This well, is out of sequence, I guess. I, just a quick question. Where does that come from? Which part? The idea that he falls in love with every woman he looks at. Because it's this is supposed to be immediately after he's had his... It's like a just... But like, isn't this right know. after he's had his brain wiped? Yeah, I'm under the impression that maybe this is residual, like... Yeah, well, I think something left before. in his brain. Yeah, I think he's still he kind of in a haze okay. from his, I mean, like... like even at the beginning of the movie, uh, and he he was in another relationship right, with Naomi relationship, before he. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, see, let's get into that. Right like yeah. even with his brain erasing, um, <clears throat> the first thing he thinks about is he could just get back with her. Right. So it, it's still pretty fresh on his mind. Okay. So this man who says he's a creature of habit and easily falls in love decides to break his habit, hop on a bus to Montauk. And decides to also break his habit of falling in love easily with girls. But then he gets on this bus and him and this girl start talking and flirting. And um, feels like they're awkwardly having conversations that they've had before, but they don't realize that. Like, that's the immediate vibe I got without knowing what the movie was going to do. Right, right. I actually wrote down, um, they erased each other, that's what it was, that's why it's weird. You wrote so, that, like, before you even got through... That, that is my like sentence, first second. Note. My first second. sentence is, very cartoony music, then they erased each other, that's why it's weird. Alright, well, interesting. This is, so, <clears throat> we, there's also a scene, right, we're first introduced to her in the diner, right? Because doesn't she order coffee and she's pouring... Technically, we see the beach scene first. He's on the beach and, he, you know, he says sand is overrated and it has that whole thing and she's on the beach there. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay. And uh, he sees her and I think he leaves and then I'm guessing she also decides to leave because they end up on the same train okay. while they're waiting at the train well, station. Well, I, I remember, so I only know that, I remember that she has yeah. the, in the diner at least. Yeah. That's where we're first introduced to the idea that she's an alcoholic. Yes. Because she's, the first thing we see her doing is pouring, like, what, like looks like, it. yes, rum into her coffee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to be super put off by. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like the, the thing with this movie is, at, at some point, like, you're trying to, you're, like, rooting for them to get back together, kind of, but then slowly as facts come out you realize that they're really not good for each other and they probably shouldn't be together at all yeah actually she's like a lunatic alcohol like off the wall like unmedicated something like she's got some mental health issues and he's i think clearly depressed for most of the movie right and like it's it's very textbook she is um like a bubbly giant personality and he's very small he's very like very introverted yeah. Yeah. yeah and that comes up several times introvert, the movie. I, I had a whole tr- lot of trouble figuring out what the message of this movie was supposed to be because by the end of it i still wasn't really sure what they were what point it was trying to prove yeah because this and i also think this movie like you watch it for the subplot because the overarching like jim carrey and clementine like joel clementine like that's oh, fine man. and all but the subplot with the the mind wiping people yeah. with howard and <laughs> frodo uh yeah frodo mark ruff like it's which, so crazy which is actually like, interesting um, it's so much more interesting than the love story arc. I, it's funny that you said it because 
I, and I know it's really far into the movie, but basically there's a point where that subplot gets to a, a major It change. becomes the main point and focus of the movie for a I second. genuinely yeah. wish, and I know it would be insane, and people would probably hate this movie more or less than they already do, if they do, um, but I wish they had just stopped the Jim Carrey and... Uh, What's her friend? Kate, Kate Winslet, yes. part of the movie, and just gone fully with this like new. They they like there's a like a few minutes there. There's like a, maybe the last twenty minutes of the movie kind of does do that. Yeah, it well, is. Like, I feel he's... like they also <clears throat> don't wrap it though very well. Not really. They don't wrap the subplot well. Right. They, they wrap, yeah. they wrap the your, subplot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Which subplot is, is left open. On but it's a great. Yeah. I agree. It's a great subplot. I just so wish they had good. like I. I don't know. I think yeah. it would have been an interesting so movie good. to just end with that part, and we never got to go back to. Like and you just it's just unknown if they end right. up together and I think yes. that would be a good it ending. Be I honestly feel like without the subplot this would have been oh. insanely boring. I couldn't have made it. There's no. I way mean, without that subplot, the movie is like largely just a walk through uh, like a what is basically Memory a broken lane. relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's not. I, I again like I don't know what the movie was going for because I, I have an idea, but I'll get to it when we get further. Through. Yeah, they I'll spend a I lot know. of time focusing on how they're they're not a good fit for each other, or at least like both people need help. And, yeah, like, definitely. neither of the people are the person to give the other person the help they need. Right. And they neither of them approach their problems but in I think ways that are healthy. It's reasonable for both of them to think that the opposite thing would help them. Like, yeah. I think maybe she thinks his calm and, and chill and, like, slow life would bring her down, maybe. And he would think, oh, she's going to excite his life. Actually, it's brought up at one point towards the very end. Yeah. He says, like... Yeah, for sure. They, the problem is, like, whenever they have issues... Their the their individual issues like explode like it yes. it they're they're magnified by by ten times yeah and also she says in the beginning like she doesn't want to be just somebody's excitement and then that's what she is she's just Joel's excitement right like and it's just like that's literally what she explains she's not looking for a relationship where she's just some guy's excitement but like that's that's where they're at like it's just like yeah. I mean so basically uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, so it's really difficult to continue talking about the movie without um, moving along to, like, a specific point so that's yeah. where it opens up say, the plot. I was going to say, let's progress. Basically, we see mm-hmm. a bit of them flirting, Joel Well, I actually have some comments Clementine. about that. About Joel and Clementine's Yes. Getting, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, so they're flirting, through. and it's immediately, like, stage five clinginess. Like, I'm watching this, and even after realizing that, you know, they know each other and there's more of this relationship, I'm still like, oh, my God, can I get some space between these two? (laughs) At what point in time she says, I'm going to marry you? And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) Like, really taken back by how it's supposed to feel easy and nonchalant between them, but to me it came off more cringy and not genuine. Yeah, I don't... Yes. So it felt more like the first time two people are meeting each other and they're just going all the way to Well, it also seemed like Jim Carrey was just kind of like not passively taking advantage of the situation where like she's... You shouldn't be encouraging that kind of behavior. Right. Like that that woman clearly needs help. Like Mm -hmm. she's rushing... Like she just met you as far as you know. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there's more there and there's like... The movie does try to tell... I think that's part of part of what it's pushing is like these people. They were always so, a, a level beyond their their immediate interaction. They mm-hmm. were going to try to like each other, uh, but like it it shouldn't. A good person wouldn't go to her house and be like, "Okay, I'll I'll let you I'll let you just 
run rampant with your emotions like this where mm-hmm. in an unhealthy way that she is without being like, okay, I think we need to maybe talk or take this a little slower. He just goes in with it. And I think part of that's because he says he doesn't have a lot of experience in that, in that way. Oh, so he's or he's a also bit desperate. Yeah. I'm, yeah, his desperation is like hard to gauge because right. he also, like you said, talks about having just getting gotten out of a relationship. Maybe, yeah. and I can understand all of that, but also as like a uh, not crazy adult watching that, I was just like, no, no. There's a lot of red flags on both sides of this. Like, Absolutely, the whole yeah. time, the whole time, and <clears throat> I feel like maybe. I don't know if it, like, the first time I watched it, I just wasn't as aware of those kind of things because I was younger. Um, I, I don't know. Because, like, when I watched it the first time, I recall I recall it being more of, like, oh, this, you know, love story. But now watching it, I'm like, this is just a bad time for everyone yeah, involved. No. I yeah. expected more love story than this movie yeah. ever tried to do at yeah. any point in time. The, the love story honest. parts of this are actually really upsetting. Like, they're really sad yeah. because yeah. they're like, these two people are almost forcing themselves to be in love because they don't have a lot of other options. Yeah, because this is their own See, options. we took away from that different things there. Okay. I took it as, um, destiny. Like... I took it as they were trying to set this movie up as these two were destined lovers... And no matter how much you put in the way of them, they were always going to find each other. I think I agree with you. Like, that that was the theme. But it just, like, it's hard for me to, like, agree with that theme when they're just, like, everything that happens between the two of them, mm-hmm. you're just like, they, they shouldn't be in a relationship. This well, is stupid. I like, agree. I think that was the theme that they were trying to go for. But in execution, it came off cringy so yeah. I, I interpret it like I do agree that I think that the movie was trying to portray that they were going to end up together no matter what but I, I took yeah. that I interpreted that as less as like a destiny's like uh, they're both they were both destined to be together as a but more of like a even removing their memory and their past history together those people's like like genetically they like just the way that the, both of those people's personalities were that anytime they were going to interact no matter what even if they didn't know each other from anyone, as soon as they saw each other, it was it was already too late. Like that was mm. it was done because they they were just pre like I guess it is a predestination to want to interact. Yeah. Okay. So many, oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was okay. just I'm trying to move this along to to I at least get to, to also. Get, um, basically we get the, all of that flirtation. And it ends basically. Um, he drops her off. He at drops home. her off, and a character is introduced. Mm-hmm. Walks up to the window mm-hmm. and says, "Do you need help? Can I help you?" Like, what are you here for? Yeah, basically he, asking a question. And us as viewers don't really understand who this guy is, why he's asking these questions. But, but it the is way simple. it's framed, it's like he's got more information than we do right yes, now. absolutely. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so where does that take us? Which uh, I wrote, <laughs> Frodo's a freaking weirdo. Yeah. And then I wrote, this is going to get real dark slash depressing real quick. So at this point in time, he's had this interaction with Frodo and he leaves and Frodo starts following him in the van and he knows he's being followed, but does nothing to protect himself. Right. Which there's no scene where he takes an extra block. There's no calling the cops or going to a police station. He's just like, oh, well, hum dee doo dee doo. And as viewers, we don't understand why, but... Uh, initially, I feel like there's there not even is, a good reason. There is a good reason. Oh, okay. Because he's yeah. he's had the procedure, and they're following him home to finish the procedure overnight. 
And he knows this because he signed up for the procedure. Right, that's right. That's but right, we, right. as we a viewer, don't you don't know that at right. that moment. We don't know that yet. So you're, yes. But he's already had the procedure done. This is, I've, okay, so we're, I think yeah. we're getting confused. Because this is, I, I'm pretty sure there's a time cut in here between these two scenes where when they go to that follow is him true, home, because this is the scene with Frodo well, this coming up to him in the yes. car is, is after, is way later. Because yeah. uh, that's after they've already had both their mind wipes yeah. and have met back up. Frodo mm-hmm. is dating her actively. Mm-hmm. They've gone to the lake. She's freaked out. Come back and has that's that's later in the movie. The bit no 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 chronologically it is later in the movie. Yes, but in okay. terms of the timeline yes, of this yes, scene, yes, yes, it is after yeah. or is before this. Yeah, she's going up to her apartment to get her toothbrush and yes. is coming back down to stay the night. Right when they're first introduced, he drops her off at her apartment and he goes away with her phone number. Yes, and mm-hmm. calls her and then right. there's mm-hmm. more stuff. But sure. this this particular there's a time cut between when Frodo I think when Frodo says what are you doing here, <laughs> and then leaves. It's Elijah Wood playing this character named. Uh, Actually, Patrick. Patrick, yes. We're going to... Here for... Frodo. Always going to be Frodo. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that. He goes to investigate the situation. I think that's when there's the time cut. And now we're back to Joel. Before he's had the, the procedure yeah. completed, he's signed up for it. He's given them all the information. And now they're coming to his house. He's going to take a pill that's going to knock him mm-hmm. out. Because before that even, um, I wrote this down, we meet his friends, David Cross mm. mm-hmm. and David Cross's wife. Because Heretofore, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. yeah. David Cross and David Cross's wife. Right. Um, which is when he sees the card that yes. they have. Yes. And at first he sees the card and it shows her name, but then her name disappears. And he's like, what is this? I don't understand. I didn't understand that part. That part Why I didn't need either necessarily. I feel like it's a mental thing put in his brain by the company whereas and they erase everything from the past but there's also a block so if he sees but something he that would be that new procedure. information if that, if that were possible then they wouldn't have to send out the letters but also he it's hasn't also had true. anything done and to he him hasn't had the procedure right. yet. so why would it that's true it, I, think I think that was a movie like a oh, yes. like a, just a movie fuckery thing not a yeah. like you not a uh yeah but real. at the same time like he kept asking what is this I don't understand yeah, I, I mean it's pretty hard to wrap your brain around if Someone this were a reality. Yeah, the rest of the really the rest of the card is still very confusing regardless yeah. of whether or not it disappeared. Like saying, hmm. hey, this person had her memory erased, don't mention anything about this relationship. Uh that's that's a little upsetting probably. Yeah, upon further review of that scene, that's that seems a little muddy. It's a little weird. I mean the whole movie is told intentionally out of sequence and it can be very hard to follow. Um I, like it's and, it's supposed to be. And I, I don't think it adds any. And like so, they do this out of sequence thing. And I think in this movie specifically, it doesn't add anything other than just make the movie more confusing. Which I think is the point. I think it's supposed but to I, keep you constantly. Like, oh, there yeah, are a couple let, scenes let that don't really add anything. Well, I think I think the idea behind that is because it is such a it's supposed to be a. Uh, and I apologize for the language. It's a, like it's a mindfuck movie. It's, it's supposed. Surreal. It's supposed to. It was supposed yeah, to I get guess. some mileage out of the fact that it, they are messing with memory. And to an extent, the movie is messing with your memory of the movie. But, I, like like you said, I don't really get a lot of added benefit out of that. No. Uh, mostly because you have to just... I mean, you, it does force you to pay a lot more attention to it. But also, it uh, kind of just muddies a lot of the plot. Especially... Well, well also, at, especially right at this point in time, they throw in a strange argument between David Cross and David Cross's wife. Yes. And it's just a really weird, like, why is this even here? Like, they just argue just to show up that they have a nice relationship. And I don't know why I got this impression, but I got the impression that they had had, they also have had the the procedure. 
in their past to erase something that they that they couldn't get over. Or maybe they were talking about it. Maybe that's what the argument was about. Possibly. I mean, that would make sense in the fact that how would they even have information about this? Like, right, people yes. don't just come across this on a regular basis. Yeah. It's well, yeah. That's the other thing about this. Is it no one? He when Jim Carrey finds out about it, he's like, "This isn't." He actually says to them, "This isn't real. This is not a real thing." There's no like the movie does not spend a lot of time getting into the logistics of how this company had came to be, how it operates in. Uh, I don't even know where we are. Is it New York? Uh, yeah, it's New York. Uh, how they operate, like how they've how they advertise. Yeah, like how they pulled in what appear to be college dropouts to, to run also, to run the machinery. Many people, because they were talking about Valentine's yeah, Day and blowing up for them. Yeah, like, they were running mm-hmm. a. So I also wrote this down. They were running a pre New Year's Eve special where right. they said that they like that deal. That deal is now over. Yeah, this is our busy season, and it's like so they've clearly been doing it for a while. Like it's, it's obviously yeah, and it's like. It's not super established how they're getting their money either, necessarily. Like, are they running insurance? Like, your insurance cover your brain wipe or like? Yeah, and they didn't. Cost is also not. A, I don't think cost it's not is really not specifically. Not we only see one person go through the procedure, really, like from mm-hmm. beginning to end. From yeah. It's, yeah. it's Jim yeah. Carrey. It's Joel's character, which is and where we are. Now. He doesn't pay. It doesn't seem. It like. doesn't the seem. The doctor like it, just yeah. walks him in and is like. Well, hey, the doctor this. also seems like he's trying to cover up for what might be a malpractice thing because of the fact that this guy who was never supposed to know about the process is now involved in the pro- like. He's not supposed to know that the person that got mind wiped got mind wiped, right. and now he's being brought into this weird scenario. That's why I think it's insane that their idea of like extended cover up and telling people you that know, part you makes no sense. Why would you have hard copy like of any of that? That's a yeah, good way for it to get found out. Mm-hmm. Also, I think you would tell people before they had their mind wiped. Like, I feel like right. you would you would send that letter out and be like, hey, she's going to have this process done. Like, The person getting the process should tell the people. Like, I'm like, doing this for my betterment. Talk mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. this to forget this thing, letter, that this yeah. traumatic event. It's almost like I feel like, not that you should get consent signatures, but like I almost feel like that should be part of their pot. Like, you have to confirm that everyone in your life is cool with this too because mm-hmm. this is going to end up messy for the company. You'd have to ha- imagine like... Jim Carrey can't possibly be the first person who's had a backlash to this process. I, I don't so this know. brings us, because we're talking about the process, but he gets the card, and now he goes to this building where he finds out that there's a process where you can have someone's memories erased from your mind. Um, he's realized now that his ex-Clementine has done this to him, and he wants to do the exact same thing and remove her from his brain, mm-hmm. which now opens us up to talk about all these weird memory plot points um, but at this point in time, there are some lines while he's there and some actions. Like, while he's at the place, I wrote, this process looks terrible, mm-hmm. very clockwork orange-like. Sure. Um, I'm not sure I would want to go through that. And the doctor says to him, this is technically brain damage, like a night of drinking. <laughs> no worse than a night of drinking. Is what he yeah, said. no worse than a night of drinking. Uh, and I've never thought of going out drinking that way. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like he could have used some better wordage than that. But that is kind of the way people yeah. do it now. Like, in a world where you don't have this, that's what they do, right? Yeah. I'll get really hammered. Yeah. I mean, if a doctor told me that, I would have some serious reservations about continuing anything we were doing. Yeah, it's like, it was like explained it to you as controlled brain damage. It's like, maybe not. Not yeah. Oh, and then you walk in and it's this tiny damage. little room. It's a very small office <laughs> like, in like yeah. an apartment building. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. I'd have probably checked out at least three times during this mm-hmm. process. But eh, They whatever. explain to him that they're going to do all this stuff to him. And then they're going to wait till he goes home. 
I feel like he gave him a key so that they could let themselves in while he slept. He must have. Well, yeah, they, well, they tell him that part of the pro like, they have to create a map of his brain. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to, like, map out their relationship and mm -hmm. try to use that as a way to remove it. I actually did like the bit uh, when they were doing the initial mapping at the facility. Um, not that there's a lot of scientificness to it, but... Um, when they're trying to map out the things, he says it's actually better if you don't say them out loud and you just think about them. Yes. I don't know. I kind of like that. It, it it felt like something you would have, you know. A doctor that felt to me like he didn't want to talk to him. Also, I wasn't sure if it was actually like a legitimate like you should focus I, on this because yeah. it's better, or I don't. This I wondered I if he just like <laughs> I don't want to hear yeah. if he, history. Like it's possible because they're the ones that are doing the brain wiping that that night. Like it's possible they just try and keep like some. They don't want to be personable with this mm -hmm. person that they're erasing the memories yeah, sure. Because that would make great sense not to get into personal relationships with people you are doing this process to. But, you yes, know, that would we, be a huge <laughs> violation of uh, but, yeah. trust and efficacy. And, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Which leads us into our next point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because so of, then they're at his house working on this process. I'd like, so, oh, sorry. Yeah, I like to think that, skipping ahead a little bit, that everyone working for Howard has had this process done. <laughs> like I don't see like I don't think I think it's true though like I think all of them I think ethically you almost have to so that you have deniability for some of the things you've gotten away with I'm not convinced that there's enough they seem to have two people who run the machine plus Howard because yeah. they didn't and that chick who wants to yeah and she's the reception she's a receptionist so like their backup Kristen? was to call Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst I think right? Mary Jane uh yeah I think she like that's who they call in the receptionist is the person to like come in and I mean she's also like well, before we go there yes, there's there are some true. lines that happen while we are at the apartment uh, we meet Mark Ruffalo whose character I don't remember I want to call him uh, Doctor Banning. <laughs> what was his real name? I don't remember his name in the movie. At they don't all. say it a lot. They, yeah, it's good. Immediately, a lot less than they're like doing this job, and Frodo's handing out beers between the two of them. And I feel like they even kick on a radio. Like, it seems like a party, not a professional job they're doing. It doesn't seem like they have to be super hands-on. Like, the computer's doing a lot. Well, it's also a slow, it's a slow burn, too, because when they start, it's Mark Ruffalo mostly like doing Yeah, they're just work, chilling, like, drinking. And Patrick's just like, like confessing. That he's like slowly he's revealing person. that he's a piece of that shit. That he's yes. a fucking pervert. Absolutely. Like yeah. weirdo. Like Jesus. So like, at this point, uh, Frodo admits to stealing Clementine's panties mm -hmm. as well as starting a relationship with her after erasing everything from her yeah, memory. But what he doesn't admit to is stealing Joel's identity to start that relationship. Like he has, at one point you see it, he has the bag of stuff that Joel brought with him to get destroyed and yeah. he's just rooting through it like, uh, oh, this will make Clementine happy, and just like, and he'll like quote things that he reads in Joel's mm -hmm. journal. Like it's so like the shadiest weird. thing you could do just to get a quick, girl. Um, because I think we have glossed over it. It is something big to the movie. It's uh, when they do the the bit when they're first meeting each other when Joel and Clementine are together, and they go out on the ice. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a huge part of the movie. It's yeah. a big part to their relationship. And one of the first things that we see Frodo use is is that. Well, that's not his idea, actually. He that's her. It. Well, she her says idea. she wants to go there, and he's yeah. like, oh, maybe we should go somewhere else. And he's looking through, and he sees that place and that memory and uses the, the dialogue, the exact dialogue he, yes. he uses in that situation. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I wanted to bring it up, because I think that part, it's a major part to uh, Joel and Clementine's relationship, but... From my me from memory, there are two scenes that are positive, like a positive depiction of the relationship. One is that scene on the lake, and the other is a scene in the bed. When I think it's the only time Joel's like, "Please just leave this one memory," 
when they're both in bed together under See, the covers. There are a couple times I feel like at the end of the memory, yeah. in Whisper, you hear him say, "No, no, no, don't take it, don't take it." He yeah, says that more than once, but that memory, he's like adamant about even more vocally, like yeah. leave it, leave it, leave it. Yeah. And I feel like at that point in time, he's trying to find the power to like he's realizing what's happening and he now wants to fight back because I think another big plot point of the movie is the idea of erasing memories, even bad ones is not a good thing. Oh, yeah. It still takes away you as a person, kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I feel like it is it is a major iconic scene from the movie, and we kind of glossed over it as just when they were getting to know each other, but it was a major part of it. It is literally the cover of the movie. Right. It's a cover of the movie. So So now, um, basically, we've gotten two scenes with Frodo, about six minutes worth of time with this guy, and we know now that he is a devious, deceitful, horrible person who uses his process to pick up chicks. And his partner, Dr. Panning, doesn't care at all. He's like, oh yeah, that's cool. I think he might have even mentioned using this process on another girl. Like, you know, there was another girl in another situation and he was able to get at her through this process. I mean, there's also a scene later where he's dancing in his underwear with the receptionist on the bed of the guy they're doing this job for. Yeah, that gets it gets so, real weird. Like, I, I was like, why here. would you just? Why don't you just dance on the floor? Like, why are you just dancing on this guy's limp body as he sleeps? Like, that's that makes it weird. Part like, of the, it goes from just like ha ha ha, we're just like hanging out and being playful to like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. There's a man like literally getting his brain wiped right there, and you guys are dancing on his body. Like, what is happening? I think that was just to accentuate the pro- the fact that they were both drunk and mm-hmm. like smoke. Like they were both high at this point. Like uh, Kirsten Dunn says like four times later. Like, she's like, I'm so stoned, I can't, mm-hmm. like, how, how am I supposed to operate? Yeah, and they spoke, like, what, half a joint? <laughs> right, this is <laughs> a different like time. The people making this movie yeah, it was reefer madness. clearly not knowledgeable. <laughs> it was 100% <laughs> reefer madness. They didn't, uh, they went off the wagon. So basically it's established very strongly that Frodo and the Hulk are both severe perverts. <laughs> probably shouldn't have a job where they go into people's homes while they sleep. Like, clearly underqualified for this kind of thing. Like, this Absolutely. is obviously not regulated in any way. Right, yeah, they're just, like, teenagers, essentially. Yeah. They're, like, playing... <laughs> teen- like, Frodo... I mean, Frodo looks like a teenager, so, like, I just assumed his character was, like, 18. Like, well, 19. Like. I was thinking about it while I was watching, I was like, you can't do... Like, how are you gonna expect to get away with this? And then the whole time I was like, well... I mean, he's going to wake up with no memory, so it kind of doesn't matter. Well, although they they reference it one time later where he gives Clementine a glass of whiskey, he's, and he says, I thought there was more in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they it's drank like all the only time, Yeah, it's like the only time they reference anything that happened to the apartment. Um, it's funny that you said about her being stoned all the time, because I actually wrote in my notes, unprofessional-ass stoner gives good stoners a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wanted to put that out That's there. Funny. And somewhere in here, somebody makes the the quote of "Are we the dining dead?" I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Carrey who said it, but that oh, line yes. just cracked yeah, me it's up. A, it's part of a monologue. Yeah, I, I don't like remember that line, when so I wrote he, it down. I don't remember what, what the context is of that line, but it is part of a monologue. Um, and at some point in time, she start. Who starts referring to her as Tangerine? So, Tangerine. Uh, we get it later. Um, Patrick starts calling her Tangerine as part of their relationship, but he's picking that up from Joel's notes 
that of at some Clementine. point, yeah, there's a scene where they're in a bedroom and he he makes a joke about it and he's he's like something about seedless and right because yeah. she changed the color of her hair right to, yes. to, to tangerine orange or something. yes something it was because she earlier had talked about all these different types of hair colors yes. like in the movie earlier I think it's later in the actual timeline of things but yeah. well at this point in time um, they are deep in incepting Jim Carrey's brain. He's trying to fight it. I think at this point he even tries to open his eyes. I'm not sure is it implied that he's like inherently fighting it or that their poor job is making it so that he's able. Like, because he wakes up, the first time he be, he starts to fight it is when his eyes opens mm-hmm. or when his eyes open. So I think that if they had, so at that point they're also like, so when he opens his eyes, they're sort of already into their like not paying attention to him really. Yeah. And when Howard comes later to fix everything, you hear him say, has he done this before? And like, he's no. opened his yeah. eyes. But they, they don't, like he had, right, yes. they don't know it. I think, had they realized that and called Howard right away, they would have been able to get him back on track right away. But he, because they don't get it right away and they just ignore him, he slowly gets more and more off track to where... So it's a little bit incompetence, but also, like, he's sort of pooling it that way. Well, I think as soon I think the realization, like as soon as his eyes opened, that was enough to trigger his brain to realize that he's no longer like Well, he the reason his eyes opened is cuz he knew the process was happening. That was the second time his eyes opened. No, no, the first no, the first time, time he did also. the thing yeah, under he, the that tree. was the yeah. I, I thought the for, when no. he held his eyes open was when Howard was no, there. No, he realizes nah. in the dream That's when he hears that about he's Patrick losing it all. and the like that's when he finds out about Oh it. yeah, because he does hear everything they're saying while he's going yes. through these memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he he gets that and like Within the dream, which is forced, he's realizing that he wants to do it, and that's why he opens his eyes. And then he sees the room, which I guess would be like that confirmation to you, yes. which is similar to what Billy's saying. is like If they had caught it right away, they could have started to get him back on track. But because they didn't, he's now stronger-willed within the dream mm-hmm. like, yeah. to fight it mm-hmm. and, and come up with ideas of how. Which, by the way, the movie... Um, Clementine is helping him, but really he's helping himself. It's just his memory, right? It's just yeah. his memory. Yeah. The doctor reveals yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's we needed to. I just realized they kind of pulled a Loki there. A little bit. I just realized that. But then, like, um, yeah, I just think that Howard probably could have saved them earlier had they realized it, and then like that's sort of why it all goes awry. Well, again, they set up that these people are unprofessional and slightly incompetent, like. Right the expectation for them to know to get the right kind of help at this point in time. Right, true. Yeah, they, They're too high, drunk, and stupid. Yeah, also, not, it's probably really it's probably worth pointing out that it actually doesn't go awry. Like, while yeah, it, it, while it does, it works. It, like, at the end of the day, wow. Howard does fix it, and he <clears> does <throat> forget everything. Like, regardless but before of Howard they, gets there, Jim Carrey... It was uh, going bad. Joel basically finds ways to jump into memories that Clementine's not in, in yes. a way to avoid them I don't understand why him. that doesn't work. Why him jumping into other memories doesn't work? So in, it in does the for end, a little while, right? But why, when he wakes up, does he not remember those times with his family and think, "Oh, Clementine was the because they still erased." I them. think they were still erasing her from those from those. They memories. erased so like they all that memory. They effectively erased a real they memory may have, that didn't involve Clementine yes, because he because did. at the beginning of the movie, so you see him in the bathtub and sh- his mom is saying, "Oh my darling, oh my darling," right. oh, but in the train in the beginning. 
she, Clementine's like, don't make any jokes about my name, and you know, the song, the song, and he has right. no idea you're what right, she's talking right, about. Yeah, she's like, right. what? I've never heard that yeah, song Yeah, I think they life. legitimately just erased and those portions and of his memory. that's way sketchier to me. Oh, yeah. And well, I mean, they can that. erase just whatever they want. And the doctor, the guy, like, the man who invented it, uh, the Howard, right, he should be the guy specifically to be like, I'm so not going to this is what I'm saying about he erased all their memory. Imagine, he has the power to erase any memory. Right, mm-hmm. he gets these people. He hires them. He could just erase every memory no, they have. Before he doesn't. Working I mean, for I don't him. think he has the power to. He does have the power to erase memories. He also it also requires weeks worth of prep work, mm-hmm. and, and cooperation. They have to sign up for mm-hmm. it. And like I, I think like it's more because they have to make the whole brain map before they can start the right. process. No, he does have those. But if you're gonna erase, if you're gonna erase all of somebody's past, you don't really need to worry about a brain map. I guess that's true, but I don't know. I don't. I, I very highly doubt he erased all of the past of the three people that are working for him. Like that, that didn't but if they if they had voluntarily signed up, he could have gone in it. And Mark Mark Ruffalo's character yeah. does remember seeing him having like cheating on his wife with the receptionist. So oh, like, man. if I feel oh, like yeah. he would have erased that if he was erasing memories, right? Yeah. Well, if he realized that Mark Ruffalo. Knew. So now during this time, yeah. um, we're basically like I said, we're deep in the inception and we're bouncing through a bunch of Joel's dreams, and he's trying to hide himself in these dreams. Which one of the scenes? Uh, it's the baby Joel scene. And I found that very strange and uncomfortable. And it felt like Jim Carrey, who's an incredible comedian, was doing his best impersonation of Stuart from Mad TV. I don't know if you know the show or the characters. But it's like, like here is the moment where we let Jim Carrey be a little bit Jim Carrey. And he chooses to be another character. Did you ever see, uh, this is a little tangenty, but like in the Jim Carrey sense, was the Man on the Moon his... uh, his documentary yeah. slash uh, the Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah. When he's character acting, I, I think that's just Jim Carrey, to, Carrey. Like, they said, okay, you have to be a child. I think he really fully tried to believe that he was a child. Like, I think that's his best attempt at being child Jim Carrey. Yeah. He is, I well, can like, understand he, that, he but I've watched a lot of Jim Carrey movies, yeah. and <laughs> Jim Carrey's childishness can be a lot better than that. I don't think I think it's the difference <clears throat> between acting childish and literally trying to make yourself. I think he was trying very hard to not do Jim Carrey comedy. Like this was yes. during that period yeah. of time when he's like I'm not going to no, do yeah, those No, yeah, he was very anymore. serious about I don't think he it was a comedic. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is I think instead of being Jim Carrey child, he was trying to be a serious child. I and get that. that was but weird. It was like a 30 second Oh, it's super weird. He could have <laughs> done that. It's 100% so, uncomfortable. Uh I guess now is as good a time as any Later, um, when he's getting picked on by the bullies, mm-hmm. and they have the two characters dressed in the same costumes as the kid actors, they have actual kids in that scene. I think they did that part really well. That's why the scene in the kitchen was super weird. Is to that me. with the pigeon? Huh? That yes, with the pigeon. With the pigeon. Yeah, I, that, some <sighs> of those scenes just out. seemed really like at that point. I felt like they were getting weird for the sake of being weird. Absolutely. The kitchen one was absolutely weird. That part all was like weird. some of it is just going through Jim Carrey's trauma, and I don't mm-hmm. know. To what, like, to what end? I'm not really sure. Like, it I, felt I, like that trauma was manufactured just to be like, oh, we've also got this extra layer of drama. Yeah, like, like they were throwing more and more at the camera to try to get viewers to like it, while again going away from the one subplot that everybody here seemed to think would have been the best idea to go with. Yeah. Uh, either Anywho. way, it was just um, I, I don't know. Like the kid bits with Jim Carrey were odd, but you know, whatever. Like. They yeah they, they were weird I don't had, know had this movie been made in like twenty more years it would have been much grosser and creepier looking. yeah because they would have just put his face on a kid that's what I, th- I think part of the the thing was like they just felt like they had the freedom to be like oh we can do weird memory stuff so we should just do some yeah. we should just do some kind of weird scenes 
That's they, what it seemed like, yeah. Because they didn't really get, like, the, the the idea of him being a child and, like, being, like, peer pressured into hitting a bird with a hammer doesn't, that trauma is not present in the rest of the movie and is not really addressed at that part either. It's just like, oh, this is a weird... And also, would that mess you up for the rest of your life? I don't Smashing know. I, I just think hammer? it was a traumatic memory. I imagine that it got wiped out when they were going through yeah, all I'm this, sure or else yeah. he would be traumatized right. in that. It was, I, I think or he was maybe just it shows up in his um, personality behavior because he is awkward. He might not remember why he's awkward, but shit like that will do it to you. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, it's showing like how even as a kid he was alienated by friends. Like, they were all making him hit the bird with the hammer. And then once he did it, they were all just like, screw you. As an adult, it didn't, I didn't get the impression that people didn't like him. He had a lot of, like, David Cross and David Cross's wife right, they both, were, like, were both his friends. friends. The guy in the apartment complex knew enough about his life to be like, oh, you got big plans with uh, Clem for Yeah, but then Day? it's like, he always talks, like, his internal monologues is how he's so alone and yeah. he's no friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, it it seemed contradictory to everything yeah. else. Yeah. But I think at the it's same just time, his, like, I think it's just showing that he's depressed. Like, I really yeah. think that's what that is. Well, a lot of times when he was around David Cross and David Cross's wife, I got a a very it's surface level friendship like they don't like, like there's he, no deepness between like, them that's what I thought as well like he has more invested in the friendship than they do but yeah. then also they like they like definitely look out for him they like, also seem to hate I each mean, other I mean they look out yeah but they also hate each other but at the same yeah. time if they're friends of both people like they're helping Clem to not come back yeah, into this relationship that's another like, thing screw you oh oop here's a guard oh oh now you know that's another thing that has never gotten into is how they know Clem like, she's there, but they meet... I feel like they know him through the relationship. Well, no, because Joel and her meet at, at the party for David and oh, David Cross's right. wife. And they're both... Like, they both... They meet because that's they're right. like, I never know who to talk to at these things. Like, implying that she's been invited. And and that's why I wonder if that party was even theirs in the first place. Was it their party, or were they invited and invited he, their friend? He says that it was a party that they were having earlier in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Right, but it, I don't... That, but, I mean, it could just be that the, the movie didn't... What I was thinking detail. is that, like... It's not explained, but, like, it seems like there was a pretty big party. Yeah, like it was that, a large group. That of maybe, yeah, David Cross set it up with, but that Clementine was just a friend of a friend. Like, right. that they didn't okay. really know who she was because they, in the car well, ride, at so one the point, reason she's I like, don't, oh, we saw you talking The reason I don't buy that is because David Cross and David Cross's wife are Got the ones who cards. received the cards. Right, and yeah. if they didn't know Clementine other than just as Joel's girlfriend, why would they get cards? Yeah, I don't think they would. I don't, unless they're sending it out to everyone she's ever interacted with, except for Joel, like which is a weird... Well, just part yeah. of their relationship, and effectively that party is what set up their relationship, so they would be pretty important people to receive a card. I and guess. you bring up a really important note that I feel like is incredibly missed in this entire movie. The idea is erasing a person's memory about another person, but you don't like involve that person in any way yeah i feel like that's the most dangerous part is yeah that person like, be if I do, like they're broken up but i remember everything and she doesn't and i see her in the grocery store and like i want to try again she's gonna be like this is yeah the it's weirdest, gonna be most uncomfortable thing ever how could that not ever. cause problems exactly like yeah. how could that so how not? could the company not think that up yeah. and find some way around that well, well i mean like that they thought to send letters to every other person but they're like i guess we should just leave the person yeah. who's the most volatile yeah. to the situation alone mm-hmm. and just hope that that pans Pray out for the best we've yeah. done what <laughs> we could like, yeah. fingers crossed and i don't know it seems like if this were to exist in real life the people who would use it the most would be people who like lost a loved one or something yes. well and there's a there's a scene where the person's like i'm sorry i can't you can't do this more than 3 times a month or something oh that's not what i was going to bring up oh. the people in the waiting room the lady has her like dog and i i would i don't know if i would do that 
for right. I, yeah, like, but, but that, it could yes, be like I, I feel like that's applicable. usually how it's used, and like that's why they see a lot of. But like, if they also see a influx around Valentine's Day, maybe they just don't give a shit and they're just in it for the money. Like they like yeah, yeah I mean, like if they're running. Valentine's I believe that Day, is the most. Like, like the, I feel uh, like they're just they just don't. Like they, considering like they, the employment, the the whole situation, the company structure, more information that we'll be learning here soon. Yeah. They just don't care. They want the dollar. Yeah, like the, the technology that they're employing and the level of like, so their card, the way that their cards look and the the technology make imply that this would be a big money operation. But then everything around it is like the exact opposite mm-hmm. of that. Backroom Tijuana. It's so <laughs> true. Yeah. Even even the employees don't seem to be doing that well in their lives. Like, like you think, yeah. why not? Why, if you're going to erase their memory, why not just have the, and like, why are they going to their house to sleep? Why are they you do, even doing it in their house? Just have some hospital well, beds see, that in that I your get, clinic. because they got to make the house sanitized, basically, of memories of well, that. You also don't want them to wake up in a, in a room and not remember why they're there and then have to explain that whole situation of like, oh, well, you had your memories. Or, yeah. Oh, shoot. We yeah. got to erase his memories again. <laughs> now we got to yeah. yeah. them up. Again, I think I it's just for the easiest transition. Yeah, I guess. Easier transition, so, I guess. anyway. I um... Sorry. Go um, So, just to be on track a little bit, um, at this point, basically, they've been Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst have stopped paying attention to the monitors, are drinking, smoking, partying. I'm pretty sure they're in their underwear at this point in time. Yeah. And um, they realize that he's gone off memory or off monitor. Yeah, they like wake up and they're like both naked under a blanket on the armchair, and then Mark Ruffalo wakes up and is like. Like, the monitor beeps, and he's like, oh, shit, something is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then they realize that he's not where he's supposed to be in his dream world, and also, they try to correct it. Patrick has left at this point. Yes. Because he gets a call from Clementine that oh, she's yeah. freaking out because she's having, like, a like a like basically a, an she's, identity crisis. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's having an adverse reaction to having her brain voice. Well, I think yeah. also being introduced to Patrick, who is, like... Using using, using these things like use, literally using the triggers she gave to them mm-hmm. to erase. He's now using to to make inroads with her, mm-hmm. and, and oh yeah, and it's screwing up her brain super hard. Definitely messing up her yeah. brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they um they realize like you said he sees the monitor everything's screwed up. They try to get him back on track and can't. And this is when Mark Ruffalo calls their boss. And this is when. Kirsten Dunst is just like, oh my god, I'm so stoned. Oh my god, I'm so stoned. I don't want him to see me like this. And it's just like you start get you start to get the impression. Well, so you start to get the impression that she really wants to be there, but also that she wants to impress him. And there's a scene that's only for like a half second. The first time we see her, she hangs out in his office for just a second too long, like like trying to be like, I'm involved in the process. But mm-hmm. isn't I think and what uh, what's interesting is the fact that you caught that is is interesting because to me every time I watch it even though I know the end result I still think that that's sort of like a weird flirtation with Joel because the movie kind of sets it up a little bit oh no I just thought... in the beginning just in like when they're at the doctor's office she seems way interested in Joel but really she's not interested in Joel she's yeah well I took yeah, yeah I took that as I didn't even take that as her being initially when that happened I didn't take that as her being interested in Howie I took that as her trying to not be a receptionist mm-hmm. like wanting to be involved mm-hmm. in the process and yeah. like work it above her station right. yeah. yeah and uh that's all I just thought she was trying to get you know a better job yeah <laughs> because up until they start getting high every time she talks it's basically you know how she's starstruck basically with the process um yeah. But is she really starstruck with the process? Because shortly after the doctor gets there, we find out 
that she's been inceptioned also. Yes. Because she was banging the doctor who's married to someone else. Right. And it, yes. it certainly seems like she was forced to get her memories wiped so that the doctor could have a relationship yeah, with his wife aware. still. Well, so, yeah, it forced she her, like, agreed, coerced. She it agreed she with definitely it. coerced. But it was definitely a coercive relationship, and yeah. Howard was like, you should get this done for the better of both of us, but really it was just for the better of him. I think so he, that pro- he didn't get it, it made it imply that they had wife. a conversation about it, and he was like, listen, I can't do this, and you know I can't do this, but you're never going to get over it. And she just accepted the fact that she would probably never get over it, and they just decided to... Why he let her continue to work for him... Beyond, like, beyond me. Not a bad, not a good idea. Yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure I mean, his okay. wife didn't like it either, but I think with the memory wipe, maybe she accepted it more. Well, yeah. at this point in time, like, I've lost all respect for pretty much everyone here, but Kirsten Dunst is trying to not seem like well, so the like, hoe of the group, but she's now banged Mark Ruffalo, the scientist doctor, and who knows if she slept with Patrick Well, so it's a small operation. Here's the thing about that, because Patrick's definitely a scumbag. Pretty sure Mark Ruffalo is too. And we know the doctor is. They all are. But, like, the the thing, like, so we're introduced to the fact that she's, well, she had a past relationship because she blurts out, I'm in love with you, because they're, like, sharing quotes, and she's just trying to impress him, and then mm. she's, like, literally blurts out that she's she has a crush on him, she loves him, and he goes, no, we can't do this, you cannot do this, and uh, Mark Ruffalo's outside, he sees them, like, trying to comfort her, and his... His, how his wife show up shows up and sees the situation is like, oh, well, this is terrible. And everything kind of explodes. Mark Ruffalo's like, hi, Mrs. And then he's yeah. just like, he looks at the window, looks back at her, and he's like, oh, shh. And then just goes and honks the, the and horn. Honks like, why did what, why at this point even do that? But <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> she, she smacks the shit out of him for it, which right. is pretty yeah. funny. And then Kirsten Dunst like, opens the window for no apparent reason. Like, she opens the blinds when, uh, when Howard's coming over. She's, like, trying to get everything ready and, like, gets like herself cleaned up. Smoke and out. she opens, uh, but she doesn't open the window. She just opens the blind, and like that is weird. her doing that is the only reason they get caught. Yeah. Because, also, have you ever looked inside a window of a like fairly high building from the outside? You can't see that yeah, well. No. But whatever, I don't care. We needed the well, so, this movie done. So for. later, when when she has this breakdown and he's like, "Yes, you had this." She finds out that she has also been incepted and had her mi- mind wiped. And she's talking at the very end of the movie when she's walking out of his office, like she's been fired, basically, or mm. is just leaving. I'm not is sure. Is this when Mark Ruffalo lies to her? Yes. <laughs> so she asked him, "Did you know? Did you wipe my brain?" He says, "No." And as far as we know, nobody else is qualified to do this, but except maybe Howard. Either yeah. way, he 100 percent knew because he honked the horn. Yeah. Yes, and he said and he that left he, the building. Well, he said that he had a suspicion because he saw them earlier. Yeah, but so like he lying. definitely he's knew that much it, beyond a suspicion. definitely knew that it happened, and then definitely they kept her around, and he like tried to form a relationship with her because he knew that he probably could. Yeah, and it, the whole thing was just really poorly conceived mm-hmm. for everyone. And that's where I think the movie should have ended. <laughs> At this point, I wrote, um, "Who hasn't been mind fucked?" And um, try not banging everyone, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I felt really bad. No, so that's what I wanted to say. I don't think... I think Mark Ruffalo was the reason that happened. I don't think it's Kirsten Dunst's fault. Right. To her, I think she's only... She's got... Him. The movie wants to imply that there is, like, a deeper level to somebody's interest in another person beyond, like, your experiences with them. Like, there's an in, internal, like, desire beyond your knowledge of that person. Like, you just see mm-hmm. them and it's love at first sight, basically. is. And Kirsten Dunst is, is with Howie... And I think because she has that, like, internal struggle, and because Mark Ruffalo is, like, knows that she's hot for him, but he's also kind of in a position of 
of of that kind of same position where he's running the machines. I think he uses like actively uses and knowing that she's had a mind wipe, actively uses that to like form that relationship and right. get her to like him. Just as he is, See, can, he is just as scummy as Patrick in my I eyes. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He, he did I can understand exactly that. what Patrick is doing with Clementine to. Kirsten Dunst. That's what I think. That's the only reason I don't feel like it's her being a hoe the whole time. I think it's like, like she's definitely she's been a been little messed with. Yeah, she's been Maybe, exploited. but at the same time, she enters this whole movie as like a groupie. Like, doesn't she... Kind of. Kind of show up and is like, yeah, let's party more. Woohoo! Like, she feels very groupie-ish. And I feel like there's, at one point in time, Mark Ruffalo's working. And she's like, come on, you know, have a little fun. Well, I think so. No, there's definitely a part where Mark Ruffalo definitely wanted it too, because when Patrick is saying about whether or not he should leave, when Mary says she's coming over, he's like, maybe you should go. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he wanted, like, to facilitate an alone situation, even though Jim Carrey's lying in the bed three feet from them. But before it went down that road, he did, like, try to maintain a little bit of professionalism. I'm yeah, not saying a lot. The alcohol. He uh, brought the beer. Between him and her. Between the... He, okay, he tried to maintain a... It seemed like he wasn't about doing it to her immediately. Yeah, she's the one it who It seemed like she put that in his brain. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, hee, 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 shaking around him and... Yeah. Shots start pouring and then all but of a sudden sure it's like, oh, it, it yeah, definitely seems this. like they've done this before. It also seemed like part of it was like, okay, we have to get him at least to the point where he's on autopilot. Because yeah. he does work for a while and then at some point mm. he's like, hey, he's on autopilot at this point. It's mostly fine. I don't really need to care about it. Yeah. Uh, we also, so, I don't know if we want to talk about, I, I do want to talk about, like, when he's running through his memories, uh, the movie does, a, like, it becomes almost, it, like, becomes a pseudo-horror movie. Because they try to, like, they try to mess with the, the imagery of, like, the first thing we get is Elijah Wood's head never turning around. Like, you just get the back of yeah. his head. And then it starts to mess with people's faces, because obviously they're deleting the memories of them. And then we start to get really weird and creepy stuff, like Elijah Wood's eyes... Just on upside down. Yeah. That why? What is the the necessity for that other than to freak people out? I think there's it's no... just distorting the memories. Like Patrick is a character who, at this point, within his memories, he's realized is maybe he's realized he's a scumbag or or just something. I think at so, this point he has realized he's realized he's a scumbag, hearing. but he only sort of knows what he looks like because he's only yes. caught a glimpse of him. So once. like the upside down eyes is it is creepy and but there's no frame of reference for why that would be. Like that's the only thing I'm like confused about because yeah. the face isn't distorting or not being there makes more sense because they're right. going away straight up flipping his eyebrows and like, eyes doesn't make it was just way. weird for the sake of being weird. I, feel I think like. that's what it was. Yeah. I think yeah. the yeah. movie uh, to it to has some parts was trying to use some special effects just to be interesting and talked about and weird. The same yeah. reason they mess with the timeline. It's just trying to be interesting. The same there reason are, they erase well, her name. It's also probably worth saying that there are some good special effects in this scene too where they're like literally deleting like the fence or the building. Mm -hmm. The car? Mm -hmm. uh, the oh, car. the car that crashes? No, no. When they're at the movie theater at the drive-in and they get out of the car and they have to leave the drive-in. Oh, okay. Yeah. That car deletion was really good. I yeah. liked it yeah. a lot. There was some so, good, like, those effects yeah. were, I thought were pretty good. Yeah, the, the dream scene really like, special effects were actually pretty good, yes. They, like, mm -hmm. wireframe it away. It's very good. Yeah. So, to frame it up a little bit, now that um, the doctor, whose name escapes me. Howard. Howard. Now that Dr. Howie has shown up, <laughs> he's uh, basically found Jim Carrey and put him back on the process of what they're supposed to be doing. 
And Jim Carrey realizes this, so he's fighting even more actively. So it sort of becomes a game of cat and mouse between the doctor and Jim Carrey of Jim Carrey will go to another memory, the doctor will find him, Jim Carrey will go to another memory, rinse and repeat, which is where you get all these images of things being deleted from Jim Carrey's memory, which until we started talking about it, I hadn't thought about it that way. Like I thought they were only deleting Clementine-based memories, but by him jumping through all these memories, that he's putting them in danger as well. Yeah. That's an interesting new layer to it. Still probably not going to change my uh, review. It also, I think, presents it as, and that's a, one of the things I think the movie did well, is like it presents this process as a, as a horror show. Like, this is a not a good idea. You should never do this. And it, it, it presents it like a nightmare. Like, a, you're yeah. trapped. The people who have had this process, at least for Jim Carrey, who's had a bad go of it, like, it, it might... Even before it starts going bad, it still seems really unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Like to be ex- in the in the moment, even though you're gonna forget all of it, the actual in the moment stuff is really nightmarish. Especially considering yeah. how sedated he was, and he was still that like fighting it. Yeah, it means mm-hmm. either they should have used better drugs to put him under, that like he wasn't even like fully using his brain. Like, the fact that he can still process things with his brain while they're moving things from his brain is crazy to me. Like, that can, can't can be, like, safe. Healthy. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say healthy, but, like, we already know it's not healthy because they're the forcing brain, brain damage. It, yeah, yeah, to me it was like, you damage. signed the consent form at this point, so when he's so far off track, they're trying to cut losses because I don't know. Well, like, I guess... Also, we think they're doing it for free, maybe? Uh, hard I can't say. tell, and also... What is the danger of letting him, like, of cutting, like, just stopping the process? Like, the doctor is actively going through and deleting memories that shouldn't be deleted. And, like, what is the danger of saying, okay, we, obviously he's off track. Instead of permanently deleting this guy's memories, maybe we pull him out and restart. Like, what's the danger of doing that? Then you've got a fractured uh, yeah. mental Oh, yeah, then psyche. maybe that's the maybe that's the problem. It's like she's half there and half not. Yeah. Or maybe they just... become just lobotomized. Maybe that they just don't know. Like, maybe they think that, like, they don't want to break... Like, they think that there's a finishing, and if you finish, it's good, and they just want to get to there because they don't want... They don't know what happens if you pull somebody out. Yeah, that's a little... We don't really get into it. In the yeah, movie. the movie doesn't... The Leonardo hasn't it. come back I, yet to let It comes back to the point where the subplot of this movie would be so much more interesting. Like well, also, but also it would be them. way harder to explain. Like, I think the reason they shy away from that is because they don't want to get into the logistics of how any of this could possibly work. Ah, that's yeah, what but, I was looking for with this movie. That's like, never going to happen. They don't, they don't really need to, I don't think. Like, we could just... I would like Black Mirror to take the concept of this movie and make a, an episode. Are we sure that they haven't... I don't think not not to this extent. I feel like I they've mean, done memory. They've done yeah. memory, yeah. but usually using the memory and people having it and, and re- I guess technically they do. Do we want to talk about the actual last scene of the movie? I like was actually going to say now that um, uh, the doctors came in, um, the wife has shown up. Yes, and the wife decides she's going to out everybody is it the wife who decides this or is it kirsten dunn who decides this yeah it's kirsten yeah she goes back to the office ransacks the place to find her tape yes because she knows there must be one she finds Mm -hmm. it listens to it finds out that it's pretty sad right um and And then she she basically says i'm gonna take all of it yes take all of it she jams it in the back of her car that's when she asks mark ruffalo if uh you know if he knew and he says no, but he, he had no. suspicions, and it seems unclear. Like it's not. Which I think he was honest about. Uh, I don't. For the, think so. I, don't I mean, know. I think he was honest about for the most part. Obviously, I think he I did. Think he know. Was, I don't think he was even close to honest. I think yeah. he was full face. Just line. a lie. I am willing to bet that he in that scene didn't know that she listened to the tape and that his voice appeared on the tape while 
she's explaining oh, about her. So, like she, so she, she went out there with a trap uh, and asked mm. him, did you know? He lied to her, straight to her face, said no, and that's why she just fucks what? off. She's, she's like, like yeah. she was like, I'm willing to continue this relationship if he's not going to lie to me. He straight up lies to her face, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, and there also appears to only be three employees that work for this whole company, or two, plus Kirsten Dunst, if you, like, two people who run the machines. So, yeah, I, like, with, with you on that, like, I don't think it would be possible for him to do yeah. it without some help. And it seems like it's a two-man operation, so unless it was Howard and Patrick sitting there for eight hours... Well, they don't even seem to want Patrick to touch the equipment half the time. Whose tape gets thrown out the window? I feel like that early was Clem's tape. So oh. Is early in the movie because we see a tape get thrown out a window? That's when know. Clem and him are sitting in the car listening. listening. So he oh, ejects yes. it and throws yeah. it out the window? I think she does. I think or maybe she ejects well, it's it. in the driver's side. Uh, that, I don't remember then. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, uh, that's what I thought too. Except then later, she says it's only fair to listen to his whole tape. Yes. If they ejected hers and then yeah, that seems maybe they ejected it after. Which I actually it. wrote like, why would you let the tape keep playing? Why would you do that? It's That's just, just freaking torture on top of torture, right? There. And then you get the awkward like, I I would never say that. Especially for like, him, he's made the least sense because he was only doing it as a reaction because he was anger, anger. right? He was like anger. all of, all of, that was like all of anger. what he was saying. Hers was, was done anger. as a choice. She actively wanted to do it. Yes, it was probably still it anger. It was anger, yeah. But it was her initial choice. He was just doing it as a reaction. Yeah, but I take her to be an impulsive person, so That's her initial reaction yeah. is just being impulsive and to do the exact same so. stupid right. thing he would do. Right. right. It, there's no healthy relationships in the whole movie. They're all just... But seriously, why would you, con- like, I would not allow, I wouldn't want to hear it. Is there anything else we got to tell about the story? Anything else we want to get into? Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the ending, which okay, is the tie-in to the beginning of the movie, which is they uh, they are both mind-wiped at this point, yep. and the movie culminates with them meeting again mm-hmm. and finding out, like, uh, oh, well, I mean, it's basically the beginning of the movie. Like, they meet, they meet again. They form their relationship. The, the scene that we saw in the beginning is supposed to fill in this gap here, mm-hmm. where now they're like, okay, we're, we're dating, which leads us to the Frodo thing, which leads her to go in to get her toothbrush, and then she comes back out with the tape, and that's when the tape thing happens, and they go back to his house, or, I'm sorry, he actually leaves, yeah. and finds his tape, and finds out, you know, that it, the whole thing was... And she follows she, him She follows him. She goes to his house, yeah. yes, and uh, that's, I, I think she actually guess, runs into the... The she runs into his neighbor and, yes, she, and like, he's hey, like, Clementine. "Hey, Clementine, I haven't seen you yeah. in a couple and days." And she's just like, "Okay," and just yeah, goes in. And then they listen to his whole tape, and they reconcile the fact that like they both had problems with each other apparently, and this must be real. And they decide to just try again. Yeah, <laughs> and you see them yeah at the end like on the beach. And so. that's kind of the end of the movie. Is like the the whole subplot is all of those people are screwed mm-hmm. essentially because Kirsten Dunst has ruined the business. Um, and her life basically, and mm-hmm. Howard's life, and uh, Patrick's Howard's creep, marriage. and yeah, like they're all they're all terrible. And David Cross and David Cross's wife are fine. It's fine. Are they, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> And then no, we're like the message of the movie, I guess, is like if you're meant to be with somebody, you're meant to be with them, even if you're terrible and uh, l- abusive relationship. Like, yeah, like even if there's a million red flags, just stay with them. I disagree. Because... I, I think I think the message of the movie is like even after a breakup. The thing most people probably want is to forget it, but mm-hmm. I think the message is saying that forgetting it isn't going to help you get past the person. Yeah, I think that's what the message of the movie. They also is. didn't learn anything. Though. They didn't, but that's but what that's the, because that's they forgot. We're suppo- like, you're yeah. taking I the message away from the movie. Ultimately, like 
if if that's the take you're going that's with, like, going it with. just seems like it just seems weird because like why would they end up like like the the fact the idea that they should get over it and then continue to date each other where it was a toxic like the way that Joel reacts to some of the things that Clem does are like straight up he's an asshole abusive he, they're really yeah, no a hundred percent what I'm saying he says is about wow effectively their relationship. Their relationship at the end is left open ended. They'll it'll probably go through those same processes and they'll and, break and up. But this way. time they won't have a memory thing to erase their mind. They'll have to do it like the rest of everyone else. Sure. And that's what I think the best takeaway from the movie is like I, I don't know Like there's no way around your problems, you just have to like right. sure, like, but well the best way to get past a bad relationship isn't to have it erase, is to just do the process. You know, it. go through like you know, go through the steps, get past it the right way. Not sure. have it erased. Don't take the easy way out of having it erased, or you know, getting drunk and, and thinking that's going to help you get past it. Totally. Like, that's all I'm saying. That's that's what I think the best takeaway could be from the movie. Because otherwise, everything else seems really dark and not good. My final note is actually beach in the winter. What the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> he does say that in the beginning. He's like beach in February, Joel. Way to go, or something like in the beginning. Oh uh, yeah, when he's like walking walk. through. Um, Anybody have any quotes? I do have one. I'm giving you um, When they are... It's a flashback scene to when they snuck away from the party and they broke into that house on the beach. Mm-hmm. And they read everybody... Like, they're, uh, Clementine's, like, reading the people's names. Like, today we're going to be Ruth and uh, okay. Henry. And she goes... I prefer to be Ruth, but I'm flexible. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. That yeah. was pretty funny. It's a good quote. I'm happy you <laughs> both know it. Yeah. <laughs> also a good quote. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, did anyone write down the quote that has the title of the movie in it? The Alexander oh, Pope one? No, yeah. I did not. The Pope oh, I, I was, that, it's so pretentious. It's, it's like, so oh, the, that is the most pretentious shit I've ever heard in I my I mean, the first life. one she reads is also pretty pretentious. All of them are. Re- pertaining yeah. to what they do as, yes. a, as a movie. Yeah. But I think that's the idea, is she was finding ones that go associated with the things she's doing with memory. And, and she's also memory. trying to find pretentious, heady quotes to impress how She had a book of, of quotes, of yeah. course she does. Yeah, 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 that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Did anyone have it or no? No, I didn't. I was going to write it down, but I didn't care enough. I also. No. I mean, I do actually have it written down, but I don't feel like reading it because I don't care enough. Like you said, I found it's it. Not, also. It's Fair. really not even Why that you, good. Like, well, I, don't, I don't think it's I'll include good. John's Read reading quote. of the quote at the end of the podcast, so make sure to listen through the whole way to hear John's reading of the quote. I'm sticking around for that, folks. Yeah, uh, me too. Don't <laughs> miss it. Uh, do we want to get final thoughts? We're getting, we're getting I close. think we've got... Uh, uh, yeah, any other final thoughts on it? I think we're ready for ratings. ratings uh, yeah. I guess we'll give ratings, probably. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'm still not sure what I want to rate this movie. All right, then I'll happily start us huh? off. Um, this was my pick, Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. Um, I was looking for another movie to get in my head and give me, you know, thinking things. Sort of like... Uh, brain feelings. Do- brain feelings. I like it. Write that down. <laughs> sort of like Dr. Strangelove did for me. Yeah. And immediately, this was underwhelming. Um, it was obvious. Now, I think I expected it to go for a little bit less obvious, more of a Shyamalan type of thing. But it, they basically set it up immediately, so you know what you're getting into. So I was... I checked out pretty quickly on that. And then they invest us in the, the subplots, you know, the other characters. And then I pick back up in it, and then they sort of flounder with that. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a uh, two and a half. 
it's viewable. I'm sure there are people out there who will enjoy it. Um, if it were on TV, I wouldn't absolutely change the channel immediately. But at the same time, I'm probably never going to watch this again, personally. Yeah. Um, right. I give this movie a two. Um, I've always uh, not liked this movie. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it a few times, and I've never enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's mostly just a sad movie. Like it's just sad. The whole thing is sad. And then like it's supposed to like it ends you off on this happy note. Like they get back together, but it's still sad because they're a ter- they're in a terrible relationship, mm. and it's never gonna last. I apologize, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I knew it was gonna be like I heard you like pick it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just it's just not. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the movie. I give it a two. Like, I don't recommend it to people. If people ask me if, like, oh, should I see this movie? I tell them no, for the most part. Because, <laughs> oh, wow. like, and it's overrated. People, like, if you look on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, like, people give this movie, like, really good ratings. And it's undeserved. Yeah. Yeah. Undeserved is a good word. Uh, I can go next. Uh I remembered watching this movie like roughly 15 years ago <clears throat> and the only thing I remembered about it was the ending. So I like I most of it was new to me just because I had been so long since I'd seen it and I really didn't I don't I hadn't remembered this until about halfway through the movie but I remembered at the time not enjoying the way that the movie the story was told because I think the out of sequence stuff even though I like other movies that are told out of sequence I didn't think it serviced this movie in the way that they were hoping. Uh, the mind fuck aspects of this movie aren't nearly strong enough for me to be like it holds up as a as one of those cerebral movies that you really need to that everyone should watch because it's a one time like that one time gimmick I don't feel like holds up for this movie because of how early and how obviously it's uh, it's foreshadowed so it comes down to it just being a long stretch of scenes going through a broken relationship feeling sad and then coming away from it at the end largely feeling sad like there's not a lot of redeemable qualities about where the story goes and john i liked your perspective on it of like this is you can't it's not it is equally as unhealthy to erase a relationship as it is to 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 remain in it to not learn from it but at the end of the day we're still left with two characters who shouldn't be together who are like going to have to go through this all over again and waste a large portion of their lives uh and every other character in the ancillary subplot is equally as messed up. So <clears throat> it's just kind of a feel bad for feel bad sake at a lot of times. And I feel like that led me to a two. It's a two for me. I'm giving it a two. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm also going to give it a two. I think everyone's basically talked on any of the points I, I would have hit. Um, like, for me, the movie's just. It's almost annoyingly uh, sad. I think also the time that it, it 2004, it, while it wasn't that long ago and also was long ago, depending on you know how you feel about time, it's, I just think a lot as a civilization, I think we've come a lot further on relationships. And I think people know, like the fact that immediately we can all see the red flags and know that this is a bad relationship Maybe it's because we were older. When I first seen it, I was when I first saw it, I was I was much younger. Um, I don't know. I just I don't think it's a good movie now. I think there was a point where I thought it was a good movie, but not anymore. I certainly liked it more when I was like 
watched it the first time, I think. But yeah. like the more time, like the if you watch it, if you watch it once and then watch it the second time, you're gonna hate it the second time. Right? Maybe it's a one-time watch movie, uh, but I I don't even think someone should watch it the one time. Yeah, like I said, I don't recommend it. Like I don't even necessarily think it's a fun watch. Right. For like, even for the, well, the special it's not. Effects. It's sad. Yeah. It's a sad movie. Like it's yeah. it's hard to say it's a fun watch. What when was it's the so movie sad. you picked in the beginning here? The the Yuri movie. What do you mean? No. Um, oh, the two movies I said. Yeah. The Truman Show and Requiem for a Dream, yes. which is a movie I again Requiem is a movie I'd say watch once, but never. Requiem is a movie that I that I also feel very is a very sad movie yeah. that I really enjoy. Right, and that's the thing. Requiem you guys are does hate when everything that this I've movie. I've never seen that. That's oh definitely boy. Requiem does everything this movie does, that. but better. Like I, that's the right. that's the problem with this. And, movie. and that's what I want to say specifically about why I'll say it's a two is because there are movies out there that are sad, that are sad movies. And I still would watch them. Like, I think Shawshank's got hugely sad bits to it. But I would watch that movie any day of the week. Whereas this movie is is sad and just not good. Story. Like, I, I think there's better stories now that even tackle memory as a, a product to be fiddled with. Or dreams. Or dreams. Even Total Recall did it better. I think part of the problem, too, is that the, we don't get the redemption arc is unfinished for all, for all characters because yeah, it's no like redemption. Shawshank's a good example of like by the end of that movie you're seeing characters redeemed or seeing characters well, progress yes well that's true <laughs> but like you're also but it's not just it's not just the one there's development there, there like, is development to the characters like see. yes it is in the title but there is like you can follow a character's journey right. whereas by the end of this movie we're literally back at where we started and the thing we've learned is like you don't you can't go the way you went before right and it, it doesn't it doesn't prove to me that any either of those characters are going to end up healthy. Right. Because it, it just proved that, okay, this one way they tried definitely didn't work. This one fantastical, impossible way that they tried doesn't work. And I also think, uh, you're probably right, I think most people's takeaway is, is that, you know, people are destined to be together. Even if it's a bad relationship, maybe they're going to force it. And I think that, that could be the takeaway for some people, and that's a bad takeaway. If yeah. your movie is conveying that to anyone... That feels bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I had to stretch a lot to get to my perspective on the movie. And even then, I don't know if it's like, it's not helpful. Everyone pretty much knows that in reality. Right. Like, well, yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, you, can't, yeah. You, gotta, you can't learn from your mistakes if you erase them, right? Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Did you I say guess, a number? Yeah, two. It's, oh, it's basically like Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. There's a bunch of movies that do it better. Uh, also, yeah. a pretty big waste of Jim Carrey, in my opinion. Yeah, I I feel like yeah. he was trying to like show his acting chops or something here, like just showing that he can do dramas or like showing that he's not just this goofy character. I don't character. know if he can though. I he, I, I don't think he, yeah. I mean I don't think I wasn't put off by his acting at any point. Right, I feel that like wasn't the issue. I just think at the time, two thousand four, Jim Carrey was still pretty big for yeah. It could have been anyone. Like you could right, you could have replaced yes. you could have replaced that character with anyone in with the amount of monologues it could have been Brad Pitt I mean <laughs> shit <laughs> then we wouldn't so, have had to have that Astro that brings us to Astro. the end of our review for Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind we are now going to prepare for next week's viewing I'm sorry we gotta do it we gotta say it <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna say it only because you smiled about it <laughs> it's Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind yeah. is the actual title I'm sorry 
That's right. I just had to correct it on the podcast no, no, one time because I feel like people are going to yell at me. Who cares about those? I'm people. the one, Davy Gravy, who got it wrong. I picked the movie it's and a- said it wrong the entire <laughs> time. It, it doesn't deserve to have its title. I usually properly. only say Eternal Sunshine. I don't even yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah that's actually what we should be calling it. We're just going to call it. It doesn't matter anyway. Eternal Sunshine. None of us like the movies. So it's also, yes. yeah, like you said, I'm never, I doubt I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand why it's so highly rated. I don't. Yes, it's way really. We're <laughs> just one every week. This is that's actually from this movie. This is probably the. This is. <laughs> I consider this I one of the sand. most overrated movies I've ever it's seen. Everywhere. Like everybody, t- like people online talk this movie up all the time. Like you'll see it on people's lists of movies that everybody should watch. Uh, I guess and I'll, like, I'll it throw just it doesn't dumb. like it just doesn't make any sense. Extra thing. There's like a. A bunch of the stuff on the internet. There, there's people who have huge theories about this movie, and I think you were bringing up, you know, when you saw Doctor Strange, love, right? Seeing some of the, the YouTube videos of people like mm-hmm. discussing some of the deeper meanings. A lot of people have some big ones. One of the big ones is uh, Clementine's hair, showing her relationship with Joel, keeping you grounded throughout the movie. But I don't think it's super helpful, and also I don't think your average viewer is going to pick up on I her hair color. I don't think essential. it's like it makes up for all of the other. Problems. I also yeah. think that it, it is confusing sometimes because you can't really tell so in the in the sequences where she has blue hair in the like post wipe era right. it's mixed because she's got her memory wiped but the blue is meant to be their end of the relationship when did she dye her hair we never see it it she doesn't really it just yeah. and but it's grown out she has roots like four inches long it's like yeah. she dyed her hair blue three months ago right mm-hmm. like it's it just doesn't make most any of the sense. time we see her hair dyed it's grown out the only time it's not is when it's bright red. Or bright orange, yeah. Or bright orange, because she had just done it. Yeah, Yeah, it's just... It, I don't know. I, I feel just, like it's not super... I, I agree with you guys. I think the, the there's a wide love for this movie. And, and it's The undeserved. internet Completely perpetuates undeserved. it. I think and most I, of I those theories are stretching in ways to make the movie better than it actually yeah. is. I think this will yeah. probably be yeah. one of the first movies uh, where people don't like our opinion on it. But I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I feel like when you review movies, you become a bit more critical. A lot less gets biased sometimes. I'm finding myself in that situation more and more. That's and, what um, I, I can't take notes uh, during the movies because I'll just rip apart every scene. To, I'd like, also, sometimes it's really detail. easy. I'd yeah. also be interested in knowing like how many people who defend it like that are have seen it recently. Right. Versus like I saw this as a teenager or whatever and it changed my life or somewhere like... I mean, I guess out there somewhere in the world there might be a coherent reason as to why I should enjoy this more, but I'm not going to spend any of my time looking for it. Genuinely, I would rather watch The Cable Guy. <laughs> I mean, wow. like, as far as Jim Carrey movies goes, I would, <laughs> I would sooner watch The Cable Guy. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of better Jim Carrey movies to watch. I'm talking, like, on the lower end. I know. Yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. you were going for, you know, yeah. but I, I think, like, did. I actually am in agreement with you, I think, actually. Man, the cable guy catches some flack, but I don't think it deserves it. It's not even that it's bad a, of a movie. Maybe we'll dark. get there. <laughs> the, cable, the cable guy's not even that bad of a movie. Maybe we'll get there. Okay, we're not here to talk about the cable guy. We, gotta, we, <laughs> we gotta are now at our spinning for next week's movie. Um, every week we pick a new movie. We are up to the letter F, and we will now be revealing what our F picks are. I can, I can go first. Uh, my F pick is Face Off. Face Slash Off. <laughs> I've never seen Face Slash Off. Uh, One of my all-time favorite movies. So I get that from a lot of people on the internet. I hear a lot of talk about Face Slash Off. All hail John Woo. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's a John Woo picture. Uh, 
I also don't have a lot of familiarity with John Woo movies, as we'll kind of probably find out throughout the, the run of this podcast. Uh, I know that it has Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yes. Uh, and I know it has to do with getting your face slashed off. <laughs> Seriously, this, <laughs> so, is, this might be my favorite John Travolta role. <laughs> no. No? No. Is it better I'm... than Lucky Numbers? <laughs> John Travolta? Yes. Better than Pulp Fiction? Oh. John Travolta isn't the best character in Pulp Fiction in better my opinion. Better than Grease? Yes. Better than you Grease? think Face Oh, I know what my gym movie's going to be. Dude, dude, I love Grease. Don't even start with me on and Grease. Like, Face Off is better. Oh my God, it's so good. And I, I mean, I'm All right, uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The if it's been, of Face Off see holds face up. Like, we'll find out, maybe. We'll find out. It's It's incredible. Okay, okay, okay. We'll see. Sorry, I'm excited. Face Off for me. Who's next? Here's his face slash off. Correct. Boy. Go ahead. Sure. Um, Billy Best. Billy Best Boy. Uh, it's a repeat pick from my Pennsylvania, our episode zero picks. Uh, we're going to do Fences 2016. It's a Denzel movie. Uh, it's all shot in Pittsburgh. Uh, it follows, uh, it's like a coming of age sort of thing. Black, it's a black family. They uh, and it, it's, it centers around their like upbringing in the Pittsburgh. Okay. In the Pittsburgh, but it, it looked interesting. It won awards. It's apparently. Um, I don't know why, well but I acted. really wish there was some way to. If we didn't get fences this time, if we don't, I don't know. Um, for you to pick it a third time, like you just really <laughs> want to watch this movie. Really, and it's funny because I don't even know if I really want to watch it. I picked it mostly you because it was filmed don't. in Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, and now we've got don't. the epic. I don't know if it's any good. I've seen it. Fences with the ski. Yeah, I imagine it's long. All right. You want me to go next? I'll go. It's really because um, John stole my pick. All right. Uh, my F movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Do you know? Okay. Well, it's uh, Claymation, much like Isle of Dogs. And it's, it's a West Ender. Claymation. Uh, it's not Claymation. Uh, is it stop motion? It's stop is that motion. The, what we're looking for, maybe? I mean. It is stop motion. All right. Don't say any more because I genuinely don't know anything about it. I didn't even know it was Wes Anderson, actually. Yeah, I yeah it's a Wes that. Anderson film. That's all you need to know. Okay. All right, and finally, my I'd pick for the F movie is Fargo. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, what's our bargain bin movie? Oh boy, the bargain bin movie, as always, comes from us from Rotten Tomatoes top one hundred worst movies of all time, and for this week, it is The Fog. Excellent. Who's in The Fog? I can only imagine it's just a bad version of The Mist. Or? Uh, it a is, lot of oh, people 2005. say that, but I feel like they just haven't seen The Fog because everyone just went and saw The Mist. I feel like The Mist isn't that good, so like... <laughs> the Mist I love is The Mist. Rupert like Wainwright's 2005 movie, movie, The Fog, starring Tom Welling, Mag- Maggie Grace... Tom Welling? Selma Blair and Kenneth Welch. Ugh. Which one is, is this the Stephen King one or is the Mist? No, that's the Mist of Stephen King. Uh, this is a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, so <laughs> that's, our, that's our bargain. Benefit. There's no way this... <laughs> Alright. And now... The Big Spin. Here we go.
that's it for this week. Yeah, just like an outro. I really want to do Porky Pig. <laughs> <laughs> right, you do whatever you, you want. No, I'm not I trying to get sued. I outro. I really want to do Porky <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have dark fantasy. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a blast as always, and see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>